Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you on Oilers Now. Again, ongoing coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic. And the coronavirus throughout the course of the afternoon with 6.30 Chedits Afternoons with Jalen and I and our uh, half-hour updates uh, with the uh, global news weather traffic updates with Eileen Bell. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Uh, Royal Pizza uh, delivery and pickup as well. You can visit royalpizza.ca for more information. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Well, uh, our top story today for Grey Rock Exteriors was twofold. We talked obviously about the fact that uh, the IOC and the Prime Minister of Japan have pushed back the Olympics to 2021. And we will not have a uh, Western Hockey League or Memorial Cup champion this year as well. The league, CHL Hockey, making that official yesterday at 4 o'clock Edmonton time. To discuss this, Edmonton Oil Kings president and general manager Kurt Hill uh, rejoins us on Oilers now. Hello, Kurt. How are you doing? Navigating the waters here, Bob. How are you doing? Yeah, how, how tough was that, uh, you know, to... Did you reach out and contact all the kids before uh, the announcement went out? Yeah, I sent something out to the kids, the the parents, the the billets, our staff. You know, everybody. It's a, a long list of people involved with the organization. You know, from from the kids and all the families, the fans. You know, it's uh, tough news, I guess, for everybody. So it's kind of everybody. I think had a bit of an idea there was potential this was coming, and uh, you know, obviously for the players, you feel for them the most. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys are in a real good position moving forward. Uh, you didn't unload too many assets to load the team up, though you might have had some people, including a media guy or two, trying to push you to do more. Uh, so you're going to be able to survive this. But, you know, this is uh, the proverbial last kick of the can, for your, specifically for your 20-year-olds. And uh, those are, in terms of your players, those are the kind of guys that I have the most empathy for. Yeah, there's no question, you know, across the entire CHL, even the Junior A Leagues, you know, those guys, um, yeah, they've been exceptional players, especially the three we had. You know, I know they're all first-year Oil Kings this year, you know, three guys we acquired through trade. I mean, Beck Warren we only had for half the season, but these are guys that had exceptional Western League careers, were impact players on their previous teams and on our team this year. And, um, you know, I think they really – we're looking forward to doing something special with this group moving into the playoffs and, and hoping they had the chance to, to be in Kelowna in May. But, uh, you know, can't say enough about what they brought to our organization this year from the moment we, we traded for them. What The expectation was laid out to what we wanted them to leave here with our younger players. And, you know, they came in and did everything we asked of them and were exceptional ambassadors for us. 
And just, uh, you know, maybe for our listeners that are unaware, we're joined by Kurt Hill, the president and GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Your squad was in top spot in the Eastern Conference uh, by points percentage. You had the third best record in the WHL. You had a good chance to win the league, and uh, that's got to be a little bit frustrating. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's frustrating for sure. Um, but again, you got to, in times, in a time like this, you got to think about, you know, the health and safety of everybody. And, you know, hockey comes secondary to what's going on in the world right now. And, you know, we support the league's decision um, and the CHL's decision to, to cancel the playoffs at the season, the Memorial Cup. But, uh, yeah, I think everybody, you know, from from a staff perspective, players' perspective, you know, the families, it's it's frustrating when you have a good group. And, uh, you know, they, they play their hearts out all season and have an exception and did an exceptional job of positioning themselves well for the playoffs and they're not going to get an opportunity to show um to win realistically are you kind of up in the air with what the next steps are i mean so the chl's made the decision there won't be you know playoffs in the respective three leagues there won't be a memorial cup but you're sort of hamstrung right now in terms of the next course of action are you not or are we getting right back to business here with uh things like the european draft and the uh, the lottery, the Bantam lottery, in the case of the WHL kids, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, tomorrow, I mean, we got the Bantam lottery, we got the Bantam draft lottery tomorrow morning, and then the U.S. draft goes tomorrow afternoon, which is only two picks, but uh, we got the third pick in 42. So, um, important day tomorrow for that that side of the the draft, and then yeah, the Bantam draft kind of will be the area of focus after that. You know, gearing up and and. Um, doing a little bit more due diligence like a lot of the a lot of the events for the Bantam draft at the same time have been canceled as well so those year-end Alberta Cups BC Cups Manitoba best ever like all those events are they're no longer happening so you know that you really have to rely on what you did throughout uh, the regular season in regards to scouting and uh, yeah you're just gonna have to do a little bit more due diligence now with the with the player interviews and the coaching interviews and talking to the families and that so uh, there's going to be um, a busy period getting ready for that Bantam draft but um, at the same time uh, yeah there's lots of unanswered questions in regards to you know when when training camps are going to start and you know there's lots of things in this fluid situation that still need to be figured out um you guys got a, an extra number one but was that it for 2021 or for 2020 from Kelowna uh in the trade that you made during the season that was for 2021 so this year in the in the regular Canadian draft we have uh, our first round pick which will be we'll be picking 20 and then uh, uh, we don't have a second round pick that was part of the Alexander deal um, in the past and then after that we have all of our picks okay and then next year you've got two number ones including Kelowna's Yes. Yeah. Next year we got our own in Kelowna's number one. So that was first. Yeah. Yeah. You got to feel a bit for Kelowna here, don't you, Kurt? Well, yeah. The kids. I mean, especially. I mean, the whole city. I mean, the the amount of work that's gone in from the volunteer aspect and the organizing committee. It's it's a it's a huge job to put on that event. I mean, where that event's come from the past to now. I mean, every year it's just it's become more of a spectacle more of a bigger event i mean they've done it in Kelowna before but at the same time the amount of work that's gone into that is is massive and and yeah you know i guess not unlike any other team that was going to be in the playoffs this year where they were all striving to to be in Kelowna in may so yeah i guess you feel you feel for all the kids that were going to have that opportunity right and in Kelowna's case they they traded away a lot of picks to build up their team uh, and uh 
they're not going to get a chance to to see what that team could have done. So, uh, how many how many uh, scouts do you guys uh, deploy during the course of the season? We have our head director of scouting, Jamie Porter. That uh, you know, he obviously is a full time scout for us and runs our entire scouting department. And then uh, after him, there's uh, 15 more individuals in uh, Canada and the United States that. Uh, that do uh, work for, for us throughout the entire season. Because obviously, if you hit on fourth, fifth, sixth, uh, how many rounds are there now? WHL Adam draft eight. Well, it usually goes till guys start passing. I would say I would say majority of teams pick until the ninth round, and then it's just okay. depending. Some teams don't have a lot of higher picks if they're kind of through that cycle, so they might start keep picking until the twelfth round. But uh, for the most part, most teams are picking usually nine or ten players. And you you have a 50-man reserve list, do you, in uh, junior? Yeah, 50-man reserve list and then um, opportunity to roll uh, college players over if they sit on your list enough to so don't count against your 50. And then, um, yeah, with this U.S. draft, there's going to be a, each team's going to be given a couple more spots every year to uh, potentially recruit the U.S. players you pick in the U.S. draft. Uh, you mentioned the billets, and you've got an education coordinator as well, and I, I got to imagine that's especially for your players that are maybe I, I know you had a couple 16 year olds on the team and some 17 year olds as well some 18 year olds uh that's got to be quite a labyrinth to have been dealing with here over the last couple of weeks as well yeah i mean there's lots going on there's lots in these kids lives uh you know even trying to understand what's what's going on right now understanding that hockey's over you know i think a lot of them are probably at a bit of a loss right now a lot of them are at the same time trying to still do school now that's all moved online so yeah there's uh some of our players are going to be switched back to their home schools but our our education advisor sharon sarita and our billet coordinator Rhonda gibson do an exceptional job with with our players and those billet families and you know our kids are in great hands in that fashion and uh, we are there to support them through anything they need right now all right so uh you've got the u.s draft tomorrow where you've got the did you say the third overall pick yeah, that's right. Is that a guy that you're going to need to uh, try to convince to, to come here next year? Well, I think in that position right now, we've we've done a lot of due diligence, and um, you know we're still we're, we still have a, a bit of a list here, but uh, we're pretty confident in the players that uh, we're interested in right now. That they're pretty interested in the Oil Kings organization, which is a huge upside. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck with that. You'll have the awards and the WHL draft to take place. Uh, we'll have the NHL draft. Uh, I hope we still have the Holinka Gretzky. I hope we're, uh, you know, but as of right now, we're not sure. I mean, if we do have a Holinka Gretzky, Dylan Gunther is going to be on that team. So that'll be exciting for your organization as well. Uh, so there's a lot to look forward to. I know you got to uh, keep hammering away. Uh, Kurt, we appreciate you uh, joining us here in Oilers now throughout the course of the entire year. And we'll touch base down the road, okay? Yeah, I appreciate you having me all year, Bob. Thanks, man. Absolutely. That is Kurt Hill, the president and the general manager of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Again, they were in top spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and yesterday, CHL, uh, the Canadian Hockey League, announcing that there will not be a Memorial Cup, nor will there be um, Quebec League, OHL, WHL uh, playdowns. I want to tell you that uh, James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown telling me, Bob, make sure you tell everybody out there, stay safe. We'll take a quick timeout, get back with uh, this day in Oilers history. It's an interesting one with a guy that was a pretty decent defenseman back in the day. 
uh, coming up uh, with Brandon Escott. Hi, this is Jajara Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Lot Jajar, it's 148 in Edmonton. And uh, let's get to it this day in Oilers history. Going back to 1998, shows you how late the NHL trade deadline was uh, 22 years ago. What do you got, Brendan Escott? Uh, the Oilers acquiring defenseman Yanni Ninema at the trade deadline for rear guard Dan McGillis and a second round draft pick. Well, he was a pretty good defenseman. Uh, he was in a lot of the, the the hard metal rock, as I recall, uh, but a pretty good player. Sometimes would have the occasional, you know what, uh, in terms of a, a yeah, bit of a uh, would make some plays that would make you think, what planet is this guy on? But he was strong. He was good on the puck. He could log a lot of minutes. Um, I would say that Ninema was probably not as good as Oscar Clefbaum, but a somewhat similar defense, but maybe a little bit more physical than Oscar. Uh, probably lacked the same offensive upside that uh, Oscar Clefbaum has as well. Again, you can uh, text us at any time at 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. This text comes in, Bob, would it make sense to have a rule where anybody drafted in the first round would be eligible to play in the American Hockey League? kind of hurts the players' development when they get drafted at 18 and then go back to juniors where they don't really develop like they would if they were in the American Hockey League. And my response to that would be, yes, that rule would make sense to everybody that's not in the Canadian Hockey League and not in junior hockey. I mean, junior hockey is selling tomorrow's stars today. Meaning that, uh, you know, case in point, uh, the Oilers, uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, Jake Neighbors, likely to go 25th to 45th in the upcoming NHL draft this year. Dylan Gunther in a couple of years from now, those guys, you know, the Oil Kings are going to be selling over the next couple of years. And they're going to, certainly in the case of Jake Neighbors, I think they fully expect him back next year. And I do think Dylan Gunther will go in the top 10 of the NHL draft. Uh, but I think he would be expected to return to junior as well. So the perspective that they should be able to go directly to the American Hockey League, that's one that's out there. It's a common perspective, uh, but it would work at a significant disadvantage to uh, major junior hockey. And a lot of people think the way the CBA works right now completely favors NCAA college players. Case in point, what happened uh, you know, last year with John Marino basically forcing a trade uh, out of Edmonton. It worked to the Oilers' advantage in the case of Justin Schultz a number of years ago as well. Hey, Bob, I can't name six Oilers defensemen better than Lubomir Vizhnovsky. Uh Well, I can. <laughs> I'll stick with Coffee and Huddy, uh, Chris Pronger, and Jason Smith, Kevin Lowe, and Steve Smith. Uh, Lubo was with the team for, what, a couple years. He, he did have some skill. Um, Roots Lanen came for, that's the thing that it was interesting in Speck's decision there, because he basically came for two playoff runs, and that was it. Uh, for the 87 and 1990 playoff run, was not part of the team uh, in the 87-88 uh, uh, Stanley Cup championship as well. Uh, and the texter says, has come back to me and said, I can't really put Jason Smith ahead of Lubomir Vizhnovsky. I can all day. 
Jason Smith was a hard-nosed, tough, shutdown defensive defenseman. Darcy has texted the show to say, Bob, I really liked Maristo Siltonen. Great shot and a feisty player. Well, and Siltonen's best work was in the 81 playoffs. Uh, I mean, Coffey scored in all three games against Montreal, scored a couple more goals against the Islanders as well. But Ristolainen could flat out shoot the pill. There was no question uh, about that. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Flores text line. Bob, I watched NHL Classics 1980 All-Star Game, Wayne's rookie year, Gordie Howe, Marcel Dion, Bob Keeney, Guy Lafer, and Jean Rattel. Good old days. The team sure tried a lot harder in uh, those days uh, than in the more recent All-Star Games. Leon Dreisaitl reminds me of the great Phil Esposito. I wish I would have saved all my hockey cards as the texter. Uh, he was good. Espo was good. I mean, 76 goals, 152 points in the uh, 1970-71 season. And then a goaltender out of Cornell stood on his head, and the Canadians stole the series in seven. This text comes in saying, Bob, uh, how do you respond? Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Jonathan Taze, all saying that we should be playing in the Olympics. They want to play in the Olympics. They want to represent their country. Uh, these are the new young bloods, and they're for it. And they vocally offset it against what the NHL and Bettman uh, think. Uh, what do you think they'll add to the, the contract negotiations? Well, definitely the younger players want to play. Like Jonathan Taze has had a chance to represent Canada. Um, you know, Austin Matthews hasn't had the opportunity to play in the Olympics yet for the U.S. And uh, Connor obviously hasn't for Canada. We'll wait and see. I, I, I think that when something happens like COVID-19 and the coronavirus uh, pandemic, it changes everybody's perspective on things. So maybe there's a way. Uh, maybe there's a way you can get her done. Uh, this text goes, Bob, where did Mark Letestu go? Uh, he signed with the uh, Winnipeg Jets, and then he had a uh, heart issue, and he was just on the verge of coming back to play for the Jets when we went into the pause. You can keep the text coming at 780-496-0063. I can't read all this text, but I think you get the gist of it. China should not be getting anything. No more Olympics, no nothing. Uh, look what has happened in the world. Are you kidding me? Uh, the texture goes on to say the devil in disguise. Again, I think most people out there, it's not a reflection on the Chinese people that are harsh critics of uh, the Chinese totalitarian state. It's, it's not a reflection on the people. The suggestion that uh, you're not the only person that's texting the show to, to make that suggestion about uh, China right now. Bob, we won't be opening our borders to the USA the way it's going. Uh, with what their president is doing. So maybe we just have a Canadian hockey league like the CFL laugh out loud. I don't see that happening. JJ texts the show to say, at this point, let's hope there's a 2021 season. Might be a partial season already. The U.S. is only at the tip of the iceberg right now. All right, uh, more ongoing coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic and 
That's coming up uh, with an Eileen Bell global news weather traffic update, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jay Lynn Nye. What's coming up tonight on Inside Sports, Brendan? You will hear from Kelly Rudy. Once again, Kurt Hill will be out over the airwaves. And former Eskimos receiver and now Tampa Bay Buccaneers receiver Bryant Mitchell. Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, Dave Staples from the Cult of Hockey. We're working on one other guest. That situation is fluid uh, for tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Again, up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chit Afternoons with Jay Lynn I. Have a uh, terrific Tuesday. Make it as best as you can. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.